Okay, Coach, I'm going to switch things up today. Okay. I'm going to introduce you. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's a switch up. Oh, you got me right there. Go ahead. You used to throw curveballs at me. I got one this morning. <laughs> oh, you got me. That was a perfect one. So I want to introduce Coach Greg McNeil, student working on his uh, doctorate, right? PhD. Yep. Mm. And uh, I would say, like he always says, an all-around good guy, a funny guy, but also a person who has the keen ability to get right to the heart of an issue and show you things that you would not even notice. And it doesn't matter if it's kettlebell swings conversation. He's a bomb dropper. (laughs) Wow. That's wonderful. That is wonderful. Well, then... Can I come back and introduce you to Sure. I deserve it. (laughs) Yeah. If you don't know Sherry Wilson, um, well, let's start with one of the the hardest working people on the planet. Thanks, Coach. Okay. Oh, absolutely. We got to start there. Um, The owner of Genius Communication, um, and I believe she's about to bring on another service um, for the community. Working with Sherry has been a pleasure, right? I can tell you she her insights have just been incredible. And I had no idea when we first met that we would be working like we are right now. Me neither. We've, you know, together we've taken ideas and just continue to go. I mean, I just did not see this coming. But what I'm saying to the listener is this, your business, um, your personal life, the things that you need that are going to bring you joy, you need someone that has the kind of insight and ability to help you to get that done. That's Sherry Wilson. Aw, thanks, Coach. I'm happy to say that I'm glad that I can call her a friend and uh, a partner between Sherry, myself, and Mr. Joseph. Um, (laughs) You know, we're just here for you, right? Yeah, Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are here to bring you something to make your world much better, your time here. And I think this podcast today is probably going to be one of my favorites. Like, I get those gut feelings, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did just notice that, speaking of Joseph, his little hammock behind me makes um, it appear that I have a fish for an earring. So, Coach, I thought I would just bring that to light, and so you can just, anytime you need a chuckle or a distraction. <laughs> Yeah. If I see him giving what they call the skippity pap, right? If I see him kind of hidden, it's like, oh, but it does look like, oh, that is a fish back there. Yep. It's right where my ear is. But so um, I wanted, like I was telling you in the pre-show combo, I was uh, looking up some topics I thought I would like for us to tackle. Because, you know, I've been dealing with my dad's death. So uh, my right. mind is not um, yet... Uh, it's still quick-witted and things like that, but I need just a little extra push, you know, uh, sometimes. And so I thought, well, I want to look up some topics and see if there's any that me and Coach might be able to do. And I found one on toxic positivity. Now, I'll define toxic positivity, and we'll get into it. Um, But it's basically, like I was telling you, it's a, a deflection tool. So the idea behind it, is you the person that's in toxic positivity will shut down any uh, negative emotions or ignore 
and shut down any negative events or put them off, you know, like procrastination. But also, let's say they have a friend or a spouse or a significant other that needs to share, you know, maybe a negative emotion or a negative event that's occurred, and they won't even listen to that. They'll shut it down because positivity is king for them uh, to a point where it's now toxic and it's harming themselves and it's harming others. And so I thought about one of our early podcasts. I think it was um, uh, something like maybe ghosts of thoughts past or something like that. We yeah. And we talked about how, or you said that the gold is in the places you don't want to touch, the places you don't want to go. And the impression I got from that idea was that the personal growth we're seeking and the authentic life we want to live basically requires you to have the courage to process negative emotion, negative thought patterns, negative events in a healthy way, take the lessons you need, apply them to your life or whatever insight you get, etc. And so to me, toxic positivity is a way to avoid those places and therefore you won't get the goal that you need for life. Exactly. I mean, so we live on a planet where, excuse me, we just create words, it seems like every single day. So you will hear me use a phrase called the empire of language, right? So toxic positivity. So what comes to my mind is Carl Jung's work. Um, We talk about the shadow, right? So if the shadow represents those unexpressed uh, aspects of ourselves, right? Things that we need to know. We have some behaviors that we need to clean up. Or we have some fear that may be operating in our lives um, in ways that are now detrimental because they're causing our behavior to come across inappropriately in situations. We need to be able to investigate that. That's how we grow. We, when we look at little children, we correct little children's behavior. When we grow up, somebody says, hey, look, you got a mentor. You have a mentor that says, hey, look, you need to think about this or that. Why is that? Because it's all designed to grow. Yeah. If we construct a life where we try to control every single experience so we can stay in one particular state, that's not real. No. It, or is it healthy, right? Because there's nothing on the planet that exists that way, right? You know, uh, after fall comes winter. So you can't stop winter from coming. So, but what we might call a distressing thought is not necessarily a distressing thought unless we avoid it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes it's like, what is that? You could be really nervous about something and then, but you allow yourself to hear it and experience it. Then it's like, oh, that's all it was. Yeah. That's generally in most cases, what we call um, the shadow is saying, hey, guess what, Greg, Sherry, there is something that you probably haven't been thinking about. It's time for you to address it right now. Yeah. Right. Is it going to make you sad there for a little bit? Only based on your perception. If you look at it from the standpoint that everybody has to grow, then whatever comes to each of us is designed to do exactly that. 
Yeah. If we try to control that, then we stop ourselves from growing and then we create something else with our behavior, which in this case right here, we call it toxic positivity, but it could really manifest into any form of behavior, right? That it we can. Haven't- and like you said, you know, if you can't let people tell you something, then you have to ask, what are you afraid of? And so, you know, using positivity to hide behind is a fear-based, uh, you know, response. But also, um, you said something else. You said that sounds like a controlling person to me. Mm-hmm. And yes. when I think about like, you know, like how it might show up, you know. So um, now, obviously, again, not wanting to hear anything bad at all, you know, not wanting to process any, you know, emotion that might be unpleasant. But I, uh, years ago, and I think it's still probably a big deal now, but being in the, you know, personal training industry for a while, uh, there was, you know, that movement of loving your body no matter what, you know, so it's, Mm. I mean, you can be medically obese or you can be super skinny, but love your body no matter what, okay? Well, for me, uh, I don't like obesity because I, I don't feel good that way. Uh, it's not healthy for my organs or my joints, and I like I like to be how I want to be. And I mm. remember, like, you could actually be shamed for wanting to have certain fitness goals or to wear a certain size dress or to be a certain weight. Like, you could literally be shamed into, you know, you shouldn't do that. You should just be happy with whatever. Well, I've already read how much money obesity costs us gross, you know, national product and all that stuff. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. But anyway, domestic product. But so I decided, you know what? I don't, I'm not going to be shamed. I'm going to have my goals. I'm not doing them for uh, any other purpose other than my goals. And I really don't care what anybody around me thinks about it. And so it's kind of like that where you can go way over to this positivity side and then it actually is not helpful because eventually you're going to experience something that is going to be hard to go through. So like with my dad, that you don't, losing a parent, that, you know, you can't avoid it. I mean, so if, you've, if you're on the planet, you got a parent somewhere. And That's right good or bad, you know? And so I happen to be really close to him. So what I was doing is I've learned, because it used to, I would ignore things, you know, la, 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 la. You know, I didn't want to hear anything, you know, negative. Or if I was facing a problem, I didn't want to even look at it or think about it or anything like that. Well, the financial debt we had forced me out of that habit. So now anything that I tend to put off, I immediately do right then. Right. And so with my dad, I recognize I have to process this. You know, it's done. And I know that I would hide behind work. I'd hide behind distracting thoughts. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so I made an intention to really just hone in. Okay, what am I feeling? What is this about? Okay, that's normal. Like, for example... Um, the woods and the shoulds or the, I wish I would have brought them home. I should have done this. I should have done that. So I was kind of mad at myself. You know what I mean? And yeah. then I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to look up grief because that's what I'm doing. And I'm going right. to see what's normal. 
And mm-hmm. I realized that's normal because your brain's trying to tidy up all the ends and make sure it never happens again. Well, death is going to happen, right? So I'm like, okay, well, that's normal. And so I had a, a response to it. The other thing I did last week, I was feeling good. You know, I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, am I erasing my dad? Am I getting well too soon? Is there something wrong with me? And I stopped and I'm like, wait a minute. I bet that's a grief response. So I went back to that same resource and sure enough, that's a grief response. So I'm like, okay, that's a normal grief response. No, I'm not. And then what I did, I went a step further because coach me and you are D's. Mm -hmm. Being vulnerable is not the easiest thing for a D to do. And so I voiced what I was thinking. And the other person didn't ignore, you know, well, you'll get over it. They didn't give me pat answers. They said, okay, so what are you telling yourself? Like, what do you know to be true? And I said, well, I know that that's a normal response. And they said, there you go. You know, it's impossible to erase him because you are part of him. And so that would have been very different, Coach, even about 10 years ago. So that's what I mean is I didn't hide behind work. I didn't hide behind anything, distraction or anything like that. I am going through and getting the gold out. And a lot of our podcasts actually kind of came to my mind as I was, you know, and I think, what would coach tell me to do on this situation, you know? And so I would just think back to some of our podcasts and discussions. So avoiding negative situations and, and even communication where You've got people that don't want to hurt people's feelings. They want to keep a positive relationship going. They want that, you know, they don't want to hurt anybody. And yet they cut you off to avoid the conversation because they hate conflict. That's the most selfish thing you can do, right? So that's what I'm talking about. Like we're using distractions and deflections to avoid negativity. You know, um, I used to think that I was strange because of the way I would think about things. And um, I'd get comments like, man, you're just too heavy. You know, I don't think whatever we're talking about is really that deep. And, And so what I found was I would start to withdraw. And so the circle of individuals that I would communicate with, they would actually be small. Yeah. And, and, and I would even go so far as to say that when it came time for me, I needed some help for something, then I became pretty adept at going out. Hey, you meet somebody, you form a relationship, you get that need met, but whatever it was I needed to process, right? I understood. It's like, Hey, look, you may not be able to share that with everybody, but you're not built to ignore whatever is in you. This is the way you are set up. This is how you do things, right? Yeah. And so, you know, things like pain and fear, you know, I I wish that I could just get up in the morning and just skip right? And just forget about all that kind of stuff. But I get up in the morning and they're like, hey, hey, we're here, right? I'm already at work. I get up and it's like, oh, man, really? I can't even go to the bathroom in the middle of the night without being ready to go to battle, right? That's the life that I'm living. I'm like, really? You guys are not even giving me a break here? I'm in the... 
And it's like, hey, but guess what, Greg? This is your life. But something beautiful happens to you when you process those moments because you get stronger, right? Um, You become actually healthier. And believe it or not, the the real rub is that you're going to walk out your door and somebody is going to bring it to you. They're going to be broken in some way and they're going to come right to you just like a magnet. But you have done the work. Yeah. Right. And you know, you've done that work. And I thought to myself, my goodness. But yes. So, you know, avoiding what we need to walk through for our lives doesn't ensure that we're going to have a happy life at all. As a matter of fact, we just it's like dragging something behind you that you should have picked up a long time ago. And it's still there. It's like the shadow at midday or evening that no matter how fast you run, you can't outrun it. Right. You can never outrun those things that are required for you to pay attention to address and resolve. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it is unfortunate that we tend to have a, a system in play that rewards distraction. Yes. Right. You know, I don't want to deal with that. That's kind of freaking me out. Okay. So you want to avoid it, but guess what? You're getting ready to run into it again. Right. You're going to be the agent of somebody else's demise because you're stepping all over them with whatever you think is your righteous cause. You know, coach, that's good because you said in the pre-show, I wrote it down, putting it off over and over makes things worse. It does. It, it, it does. I mean, I will be the first one to admit, I, if I could avoid addressing fears, I would. I would. Just like anybody else, I would jump up and run and do anything that I can other than thinking the thoughts that I'm, I'm thinking. But they're in me to think about. And so one of the things I had to learn how to do is like, wow, this is really, really getting me. So what did I have to do? I had to learn how to research and so that I can find accurate thoughts. That's what it was really all about. It's mm-hmm. like, hang on for a second. There is an answer to what you're feeling it. Don't fear going into it, right? Yeah. You know, anyone that says that they have faith in anything, I don't care what it is. The minute you say you have faith in something, then that means then you have geared your life to um, answer those questions that might be most troubling to you. Yeah. Right. Because if you're not doing that, you're not working with any type of faith. You're playing, you you know, you're in, you're living a Pollyanna existence in some form. Right. You know, when you said that you like research accurate thought, I, I had a thought when you said that thought, and that is, um, being a student's really helpful. Like, um, whenever I, um, realized, you know, like, okay, that, um, questioning or thinking I was erasing my dad or moving on too quick, uh, that that's a normal grief process. What did I do? I immediately researched. This is a normal grief process. I'm not being Mm -hmm. abnormal. And Mm -hmm. then I was like, okay, so I wonder why that's a normal process. And then I thought back, you know, because I'm a true crime addict, right? So I thought mm-hmm. back to true crime. And and one of the psychologies of why people like true crime is they want to know all the answers so it doesn't happen to them. And so I carried that over like, 
I can see how the brain's like, hey, we got to put this in a nice, tidy little box here, you know, because this is something that's very traumatic. So we just need to tie up all the loose ends as a way of protection. Life, you know, nature, it's wild. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Like you cannot tie up everything. You can't put everything in a little box. I read a book years ago called The Molecules of Emotion. And it was talking about how no matter what you do, if you try to bury emotions, they never die. They will always come up either in your physical body or your mental state. You Mm -hmm. have to deal with emotions. I was wondering, could you go a little bit more into what you mean by where the gold is? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so first of all, I just want to say this to, uh, to piggyback on what you were saying. One of the reasons why research is important because we live on a planet that provides answers. Yeah. Whenever we hear the word mystery, the first thing we should be looking for is a lie that somebody has told us, right? Mm -hmm. Because you watch the planet, right? We have taken organic material and, and inorganic material, and we have fashioned a world that we live in. We have houses, cars, automobiles, right? But before any of that existed, right, before any of that existed, all we had is what was in our minds. Yeah. Right? So how did we take an idea that didn't exist anywhere and then create something with it? Yeah. Right? So when you are troubled, the answer is not outside of you. The answer is inside of you. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you're that person and you you tell someone, I don't know why all my relationships turn out the same way. It's like, well, if you're ready to solve that mystery, the first thing you have to do is hold up your hand and say, oh, look at those five fingers. Those are five different people. None of them know each other. The only thing they know is you. And all five of those people are in conflict with you. <laughs> Why is that, right? Now, are you going to jump up and say, well, they are all wrong? Well, guess what? If you want to keep that attitude, then that number five becomes 10 people, right? Yep. And before you know it, you've just been run out of your community. You've been run out of a position that you had, like a work, whatever that is, because you fail to recognize that the gold the 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 solution to what you think is a problem is not correcting somebody else it is correcting first the way you think about things correct your thought then you correct your feeling and then you correct what's happening in your physical body yeah. right cuz we know this this is we don't have to try to make it overly scientific Right. Because that can take people sideways. Right. The reality is any person, they don't even need a science degree. Let them get nervous, really afraid. And the first thing they notice is they got a tummy ache. Right. Because their body is responding to the thoughts of fear that they have or they're upset. Yeah. It's the same way. Right. You're in conflict with people in your work. Guess what? You're driving to work. You already feel bad. And I don't mean like you feel passively bad, but all of a sudden you notice that, you know, you're starting to get tight in your neck. Yeah. So something, your body doesn't feel good. You're trying to retreat. 
you loss of appetite. I mean, I can go on and on with the symptoms, right? But the symptoms are a direct result of the thought that the person has. Yes. The thought then, because it's producing this emotion, it's now also producing physical symptoms in the person's body. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is a cycle that happens over and over again. And so I like to tell people the only real comfort is addressing the issue. There is no mm. comfort food, right? Is the comfort comes from addressing the issue. What is the issue that you need to address? And you know, one of the things that's really interesting is the vast majority of the time we're required to let go of something that is no longer appropriate for us to hold on to. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, again, here I am. I'm a guy in my fifties. I love to hunt. I listen to all of these guys on these, uh, you know, these message boards, and I listen to them. And at first, I thought I'm looking for some experience. What I found that I was reading was a bunch of habits that people had as to why they weren't successful, even when they got the answers. So what did I do? I thought, let me get off of that that information site because I'm listening to people that don't want to change. Now, here's a guy that I could say, I don't know Jack compared to some of these other people. Yeah. But if I had to bet on myself, I'll show you two photographs with in the next 90 days of my success on a hunting trip. And that success is going to be directly related to the fact that I said, you know what? I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. Instead of getting angry, anxious, nervous, and mad, and just thinking, well, I'm just going to go down there and go for it. It's like, I start asking people, can you help me with this? Yeah. And when I ask somebody, right? I have a cup that is empty so that they can give me knowledge, right? I'm not shutting down what they're trying to tell me. I'm not speaking on top of them. It's like, I don't know. And in order for me to advance my life in this area, I need someone to help me. This is how we're put together. But when we fail to do that, we're not able to do our own work then, right? It's kind of like, Sherry... I need something. What did I do when you started talking? I shut up. I didn't start telling you everything I knew because if I knew everything, you and I would never have this relationship. Right. right? So when we're talking about the gold, that place within us where we get to not only solve the problems that we have or the challenges, right, because we learn how to think accurately but now we have access to experiences that we would not have had if we had not done the work. And that's what the gold is. The gold is the guy saying to the woman, you know what? I haven't really been successful in relationships before. And they scare me because I feel vulnerable. But you know what? I really like being with you. And so the woman or that partner hears that person speak that truth And once he's spoken that truth, he or she is now able to start acting in ways that are more inclusive instead of trying to exclude everyone because they're trying to protect the one thing that they really want to be free of, which is fear. You know, we were talking, um, I don't remember if it, it might have been 
conversation I had this weekend, but we were talking about people that keep picking the wrong people or they're picking abusive, you know, people. And we're not talking about, you know, as far as, you know, of like toxic positivity, meaning you're, you purposely are around negative people. We're not saying that because that's not any more healthier. But uh, I said, well, the brain is familiar. Even if it's bad, the brain is familiar with an abuser. That's right. And it will, it'll try to go to what is familiar. And so it, there's a personal responsibility that's required over your own thoughts, your own, uh, you know, emotional processing and stuff to where you're like, you know what? I recognize this as a habit, a thought habit, and I'm going to do the necessary steps to change it. And I was telling Kent, you know, like when you look back at my grandfather and my dad, they were always at the cusp of wealth. And then they had self-sabotage. And I told him, I said, one thing I've done is I am alert for any pattern I see in my life that is like a pattern that I grew up with or that they did that Mm -hmm. led to Mm -hmm. unnecessary loss and Mm self-sabotage. And so I told him, I said, that's what you have to do because Mike and I want our ceiling to be his floor. And we want a continued expansion of influence and wealth and living authentic life uh, in our family line, right? So we Mm -hmm. want to make sure. And so that's one thing is your brain will automatically go to what it is used to, even if it no longer serves you. So you have to question and challenge your thinking and your decisions if you want to change your life. I want to throw something at that real quick. So one of the things that I'm doing right now as a part of my uh, graduate work is there was this one assignment and then it at, it was a question about identity. And I, you know, and I was looking at that. I said, you know what? I don't have one of those. <laughs> I said, what somebody else wants to uh, assign to me is beyond my control. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I was thinking about in that question is, there is a form of limitation in the thinking, right? And a loss of freedom. Mm-hmm. You see, the, the one thing is, it's like, I want to live the life that is as full as it can possibly be. Yeah. I, and I recognize that whatever is in my head is what I feed myself. Yeah. And so this, this is really what we're talking about. So the person that's attracting the same type of experience, the same type of person or outcome is the person that's thinking the same types of thoughts. It doesn't matter whether or not if they change communities or jobs, right? They're still thinking the same types of thoughts and you can only get what you think about most of the time, right? I mean, that's a principle. Whether or not if a person believes it or not is up to them, but all they have to do is just pick up that mirror and look and then they'll say, oh, they'll put it back down, right? Because once they look in their own eyes, they'll know that is true, yep. right? You get what you think about, right? So what you feed yourself is what you're going to experience. And so if you want to change that, then you need to have the courage to say, it's like, you know what? I need some help with something. It's like, guys, I love to hunt, but I got a right hand that I can't really use. So I have to shoot left-handed and I'm right eye dominant. And they're like, man, I you, you got a long ways to go. And I just said, yep, I'll cry as much as I need to, but I need to learn how to do that. Yep. Because that 
is a limitation. Think about this for a second. If I refuse to learn something new just because I think I have a limitation, then my life would have been a limitation. But instead of that, I was like, nope, I'm going to learn how to do this no matter what I need to do. I'll cry, I'll pout, I'll kick dirt, and I'll say, shout some words out to the wind, but I'm going to be back at that range. And the next thing you know, now somebody is like, that dude is right-handed, right-eye dominant, shooting with his left hand and left eye and shoot the flies, the wings off of a fly right now. Yeah. The process by which we learn new things are no different. All I did in this example here was just describe an example, but it could apply to anything in anyone else's life. If you need something different in your life, you have to be willing to learn something else, including learning how to deal with adversity, right? Yeah. You know, painful experiences, right? Difficult situations, right? Because whatever it is, there's always an answer to it. There's always an outcome for it. But you can only get there if you are committed to doing something different that allows you to learn something different. Right? And, and with your lesson of learning how to shoot with the opposite hand and eye, there were there were days where it was, I'm sure, very, very challenging mentally and emotionally on the inside. Yet you had already set your course and your vision. There's no way you're going to you know, stop to achieve that, right? That's what the whole purpose of the negative experiences and things are for is to prepare you for the next challenge. And actually, you know, to me, you've got two sets of challenges, coaches, coach, you got the challenge that you didn't ask for, but here it is. And then you got the challenge that you created and, and, and having a goal that you wanted to achieve. So, Take advantage of the challenges that fall in your lap that you didn't ask for because that will help you meet the challenges you set for yourself and not quit. You know, Sherry, it's so that's so potent what you said. And as you were speaking, I'm thinking about the person who likes to use the word faith. And and all I want to say is if you have faith in yourself then you are committed to do the things that's going to that's going to allow you to grow and expand and maybe even share that strength with other people because nobody is making it anywhere in this life doing what they want experiencing the things that they want without having some form of faith in themselves but faith in this sense is the product of change yes right because that's what we're really equating it to. When you say, I got faith in myself, I have faith in my creator or whatever that is, what you are really saying is, I am committed to change my life so that what I seek is aligned with the highest goals for myself, which means that I'm in a state of perpetual change, right? Yeah. You cannot be the same person you were last year. You cannot be, right? Yeah. You have to have an application for that. Right. Um, the men that trained me are in a different they're hundreds of miles from me right now. Yeah. When I step off into the forest in the fall, it'll probably be me and my wife, maybe somebody else, maybe. But it's an application of of my faith 
that training, what they taught me, right? I can see their faces right now. I can hear what they're saying, right? It's like, that's what it is. And it's like, if you don't change, Greg, all you would have is just a conversation. Yeah. But if you change, you have experience, right? And that experience you share with those and guess what? Then you get something else in life, right? That's what happens to you, right? When you meet that condition in your life when you decide to change so you can be a better person you are that woman that's sitting down eating too much food that you call comfort food right and then you realize that what you want in your life is not related to another man or woman but it's really all about you Mm -hmm. and that you want to feel healthy so now all of a sudden when you start shedding pounds you're not shedding pounds for somebody else you're shedding that extra weight because you know that your highest good comes through that process yeah that's good coach and i like how you touched upon the things like if you stop avoiding it stop hiding behind distraction positivity it doesn't matter because you know a lot of people they're actually addicted to negative and drama you know, so we're not talking about those. We're talking about those that want to be Pippi Longstockings in life, you know, skipping through and, you know, nothing's bad, right? So, but right. I like how you brought in the fact that whatever you successfully and healthily process, you can then have wisdom and insight to help other people. And that's the highest service. Like if you look at, um, the laws of success, one of the things I taught um, a local business here was the highest form of personal growth <clears throat> is where you have now taken all of your life experiences and you help other people that, you know, want to succeed or overcome an area because you have those tools that you can now help them with. That's right. It, you know, I mean, this, this is really why we're here. And I know sometimes that when we get lost, we become distracted. We we become so focused in just a purely five senses kind of reality. I need to make money so I can pay a bill. Then I can maybe go on a vacation and all of these types of things. We can get so caught up into that that we really forget that what we're really charged to do is to live our best life and help other people to do the same thing, yes. right? A, a man or woman that's living their best life is not threatened by people in other situations, yeah. right? They just cannot be because whatever it is that they see for themselves, they're going to have it because it's impossible for them not to. So if when you're able to live that life, then those people that come behind you and they say, Sherry, um, I see what you're doing. I don't know if I'm going to do it that way, but could you help me with this? Because this is kind of like what I'm thinking about. And that's exactly what you're going to do. There's no threat to you. You're going to help that person to be their best self. We are not able to do that with other people when we don't do it to ourselves. On some level, we hold other people back from their growth when we hold ourselves back from our own, from our own growth. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I, I've, 
I'm trying to, I'm sorry right now. His name is Daryl. He says, coach, you're an anomaly. I was like, hang on for a second. I'm going to have to go and look that word up. I mean, I kind of, I knew what it meant, but in that context, I was like, what are you talking about? And I realized something. It's like, you know what? I know I've teased people and say, yeah, I'm like the John the Baptist dude in the desert eating honey and locusts. But the thing is, right, um, I know what my life is. Mm -hmm. So when I talk to the people that I work with, a lot of, you know, professionals, businessmen and women and stuff like that, I'm not talking to them about my life. I'm talking to them about theirs, right? Yeah. You know? It's not my story. It's theirs. And so when they're chuckling and they're having a good time, they look at me and it's like, you know what? He's real. He's going to leave us, get in his ride. And guess where that freaking dude is going? He's going back to the mountains again, right? Yeah. Because that's where he is. But when he comes to us, he is on point. And this is what I'm saying. I'm here to help you and all those that we have the opportunity to serve because I'm real clear about what my own mission is and what I need to do. It's like, Greg, you need to correct something. So guess what? My work is literally indoors. Yeah. Right. It's indoors and it's indoors. It's in between my ears and it's in this house. Right. <laughs> or in that backyard, literally. And when I walk out and people see me, it's like, oh, you seem happy. They have no idea. I woke up, you know, in that Gandalf deal. Right. I woke up swinging. <laughs> it's like one o'clock in the morning. It's like, oh man, I got to go to the bathroom. As soon as my feet hit the floor, here comes the assault on my psyche, right? I'm already doing battle. So by the time they see me at eight or nine in the morning, hey coach, what's going on? They have no idea I've already been to war. Right, right. Yeah, I think um, that's a, a good place <laughs> to end is, you know, um, the Gandalf thing. That's funny. <laughs> I got to talk to you about something about that too after we get off. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's all I've got, Coach. I mean, just stop avoiding stuff. You're BSing yourself. It doesn't help anything. In fact, it leads to me, to my opinion, more destruction and more death. Sometimes physically, uh, where you could have done the work, go where the gold is at. And it wouldn't have cost you as much loss. And I think this is what we've been told time and time again is what you think you fear, you have the greatest control over. But if you fail to act on taking that action, then that thing that you fear, you create something so much more terrible for yourself that you create experiences that you would have never had to have. Those are the things that I see in people that are the most painful things in their life. When they say, if I would have known, no, it wasn't a question if you would have known. It's the question of if you would have changed. That's that's a mic drop moment, Coach. We're going to stop this podcast. That's good. Okay. <laughs>